Okay, good evening. We now begin. It's, it, se it seems as there's a forever introductions here. <laughs> like we, we started with the letter, we started with the letter, and then the the p'ticha, all that in the p'ticha, and we finally, then we have the tzava, and now we have the hakdama. So it's like another, another introduction. But that's it. Once we finish this hakdama, either today or next class, then we start the actual safer. Okay, I don't know what I, yes. Oh. So he starts off this introduction. He's going to talk about seven different types of contradictions or inconsistencies. And he's going to tell you they exist. Now, really don't got to know all of them. There's only two we got to know because he says those are the two you're going to find in my safer. That's the bottom. The bottom line of this introduction, you're going to find two of the seven overall types of contradictions that can exist, two of them are going to be in my safer, and there's a reason for it. That's the that's the bottom line what this introduction is saying. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that he's going to explain that really is not relevant so much because he's not going to deal with it. But I guess just for the fullness of everything, he wants to say it. So sivas hastira hefach. The reason why there is contradictions or inconsistencies in things in general. That you'll find in either of the works in Sfarim, or Chibor Mina Chiborim, or books that are authored. One out of seven reasons. The first reason will be, and what he'll do after he says the seven, then he'll tell you where you find these seven. So you wanna, if you're gonna say, well, what did he mean? I'm going to say, wait till he gets to the second half of this introduction. He's going to give you example where you'll find it. He won't always give you precise examples, but say we're going to find it. So it's, it's two parts, the seven types and where you find the seven types and which one of the seven is he involved with. That's this, this introduction. See where he's shown in the first reason is, the, the author could be an editor and he's collecting various statements from different people. And these people he's collecting from have different views. And what the problem with the editor was, and the editor did not attribute authorship to these people that he's uh, collecting from. So you could find one statement from one person, but we didn't put the name down. One statement from another person, didn't put the name down. And these two people disagree with each other. And the author just edited these two the statements that they they indeed can't, but it's not that he contradicts himself. You find a contradiction or the opposite. One of them will be an expressed position of one person. And the other position is another person. So you're going to read the book. you say, well, there's contradictions all over this book. Well, for whatever reason, the author did not put names of the people that he's editing. Is this written by the Rambam? Or is this, this is the Rambam. So the author means himself? He's talking about himself? No. no he's Again, seven the Rambam says there's seven types. Again, like I said, he has seven examples, right. types, and then he's going to give you seven examples of them. Right. And then he's going to say he's only involved with two of them. 
So that's why there's there's nothing to explain, right? Because he's just telling us what these seven are. Then he's going to repeat it again and say, who uses this and where do you find this? Okay? Now, Vasiva Hashniya, second reason for these uh, contradictions. He also, Bala Sefer Hahu Das Echod, the author had a certain opinion, but then he's halfway through the book. Then he changed his mind. Changed his philosophy. But everything is still written in. So that could be a second type of contradiction. Okay, Asiba Hashlishis, third type of contradiction, is that the statement should not be taken literally. Aval, all of them shall not be taken literally. Some can be taken literally. And some are figurative. And they have some more core inner meaning. Or these two opinions um, appear to be uh, together contradicts. By how the parables seem to appear. But and if you leave them in the simple meaning, they will contradict, or it will be the opposite. In other words, this third type is an apparent contradiction if we look at the simple meaning of the words, but if we look deeper, it's not there. Next. Again, he's not giving you examples of that right now. The fourth type. She was sham be'inyan t'nai echad shelo porash b'mkom alechrich. You could have contradictions where you have certain ideas that are based on certain premises, okay, that have not been necessarily mentioned, okay. In other words, this is statement A. It's based on a certain situation. Under certain circumstances, this is what will be. But it didn't tell us what the circumstances. And another time says the opposite because there's different circumstances behind that. So there's a lack of mentioning all the circumstances. Okay? So when you have one statement, the other one, they seem to contradict. But it means say, well, in this situation, that's what you do. In other situations, different. Oh, she shnei no no where there's two topics, mischalfim, that also are uh, ch- changing their opposites. And and each one was not explained in its place. It looks like a contradiction, but it's not a contradiction. So again, it's basically talking, it's uh, certain premises that one statement was made, the other statement's made on another premise. And if you just don't, if you don't dig in a little deeper, it looks like a contradiction. Okay, the fifth one is going to be one that the Rambo is going to use. And of course, it's a little trickier. The fifth reason, we will call this the, uh, we'll call it the pedagogical method. Okay? Tzorech halimud vavana is for the purpose, there's contradictions for the purpose of the teaching and the understanding. In other words, the methodology will be via contradictions. How is this? This is a very difficult concept. That's very difficult to um, explain, uh, visualize, all a very complex topic. Okay, now, when you want to teach somebody who doesn't know any complexities, 
going to start with the complexities? No. You're going to start with very simple ideas that on a superficial level are true. But then when you begin to dig into it that and you come to a deeper truth, it's going to contradict what the simple truth was. Because for the sake of simplicity, didn't really flesh it out completely. But then at the end, it's going to come out, not at all was said in the beginning. Okay. So, that, so you start with Zohro, you got to mention it. Oh, you have to have uh, assume uh, like a certain postulate. Okay, let's start from a starting point. Let's just assume this. Now, at the end, it's totally not going to be true. But from the perspective of the learner who doesn't know anything, we got to give it to him in a very little way. You know, it's, you know, again, I don't know if I'm using the right example, but you tell somebody, this is water. But then you tell them, no, no, it's, it's, it's H2O. It's, it's, it's hydrogen, two, 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 uh, two things of hydrogen, one of oxygen, this and that, and the molecular structure, this and that, all these things. And you just say, no, 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 it's no molecule, there's just some water over here. So what is it? Is it water or is it that? Well, you got to start by discussing water. So we take water, I don't know, you're taking water with another compound. I don't know any science at all. They take H2O with another compound. And look what you get. Wow, isn't that amazing? But then he says, well, how could this be? This and that. And now you go deep into what helium is and what oxygen, hydrogen is and what oxygen is and this and that. It's all over the place. And at the end of the day, it's just not at all what we heard in the beginning. And it seems to be a contradiction. But you got to start from the easier way to do this. So therefore, so you have to have some kind of introduction, very light, and you bring some types of assumptions to make it easy for the person to comprehend at least what the topic's all about. And therefore, if that's what the student has to learn, obviously, if you start so the teacher has to, has to lighten the information that's there. For something that really is a very deep, complicated thing. And he's not careful that he should be exactly correct when he's saying it in the beginning. He's not worried about correctness. He's just worried that the, that the student has some idea what's going on over here. And it's not totally lost in the beginning. And, it, and he could be saying things that are absolutely not true, but on the the limited level of understanding that the student has, that's the only thing he can take right now. So he'll leave it the way the listener is able to figure it out. Till he gets to the point that he's going to bring him to the point of what he's trying to understand. And then, in another place, he's going to go very deep, very specific, very precise, in a very hidden area and now the truth becomes clarified in the right place meaning at the end of the day okay so but then when you're going to come back and say wait a minute but when you started the class you said this well guess what that was just to get you into the game but not but you contradict yourself no 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 
this is the real emes, and these were steps I took you to get to this place. And the Rambam's going to say, this is one of my methods. So therefore, don't get upset if you feel I'm contradicting myself. He's admitting for the sake of introductory um, uh, proficiency, whatever you want to call it, he can't tell it the way it really is because it's way too complicated for him to understand what's going on over there. All right. So that's the fifth one. The sixth one, again, is... Uh, one second. Yes. One second. Let me just make sure I got everything here right. Okay. The sixth one, it's a really tricky one over here. And this one he's going to say is you know what these are so up to now the first five there's truth in all the contradictions it's just whatever you didn't know the context you know this the guy changed his mind didn't say the authors there's no real lies or misplit i don't want to say lies mistakes it all fits number six seems to be one that doesn't fit and we're going to call this like this hasiba shishi's the sixth reason is he's almost hastira where the contradiction is not apparent, for Yoso built in Misbaras, and it really is not understood, Ella Acher Hakdamas Rabos, until many, many introductions and assumptions that are made to get to this point. And the more, um, what do you call it, um, introductory comments that you have to say, less and less are you remembering the initial point in which that idea is concealed. In other words, let's say he starts with two statements and they don't seem to contradict themselves at all. Statement A, statement B. He starts with that and he doesn't say it But as he develops each one independently, each one has a lot of um, con concepts, one after the other after the other, that led us to this conclusion. The other one has a lot of concepts that led to this conclusion, but if you get caught in the weeds and the concepts, the concepts are contradicting themselves. Now what happens is you get so lost in developing the idea. So you're developing a whole idea in chapter one. He has this wonderful idea and develops a whole bunch of points that lead us to this idea. Then later on chapter 20, whatever, he's got a wonderful idea but let a lot of points get there. But now those points on the road are contradicting each other. So when you look at the points at the end, they don't seem to contradict themselves. But when you're looking at the middle, the way to get there, then you're going to get to the contradictions. And more than that, even the author himself may not realize he just contradicted himself. And this could be hidden even from the author himself. He thinks the opinion stated in the two random places, don't contradict itself. However, but if you take this point and go through all the points that prove this point, that bring it up, and you come to every conclusion from every point, so all the points will create this reality. But the problem is, the other one, you develop a lot of points to get this reality, although the two realities at the end don't contradict, but the points in the middle are contradicting themselves on the, to each other. And therefore, and Yagia Inyan Achar Hakoshas Rabos, it's going to come, uh, 
uh, different levels of uh, contrasting, and you'll see I'll steer up in a Chronos. Going to see a contradiction that's going to ultimately come out at the end because of this. Oh, or the opposite idea. And this happens with a lot of authors. Because really, through all these introductions, you see the contradiction emerge. But he wrote this in the beginning of the book. He wrote it at the end of the book. He forgot what he wrote in the beginning of the book. And this all sounded good over here. That all sounded good over there. But it's not consistent because all the things that got us to this step. And therefore he says, Zosi Prisus go, this is a very big deficiency. And this we're not including in this. It's only happened to somebody who's not really working hard and following up on everything he's said. Okay? So really, it's a concealed stira. If you look at the two main statements, they don't seem to be contradictory to each other. But once you develop all the ideas that lead up to it, it shows you that the author really not such a smart guy and it should not be followed. Well, That's certainly not one of the Rambam's methods. And obviously, he's going to be talking about certain types of philosophers. Okay. And the seventh one. This is when I'm dealing with, when we deal with real deep things. Real deep things that the average guy is going to misunderstand everything that's going on, no matter what I say. And therefore, you start lahalim sas inyanim. Therefore, I have to conceal part of the real truth, and reveal a little. and sometimes So sometimes I need to say a lot of things to draw forth words according to one of these um, um, uh, theories. And they got to bring other things that really are going to appear to contradict them, what we first said. But I, I'm going to write it in a way, and I know what the Brahman is basically saying is, I know these are contradictory things, but this is something that is a reality nonetheless, and some things we just can't explain. And I'm going to write it in a way that the regular person is not going to hop there's any contradictions. Only a smart person would get this. But then again, that smart person is going to trust me. Okay, we'll give you an example in a minute. But if it's but you don't want the masses to notice there's a contradiction. He makes certain machinations to hide it from as as much as possible. So the commentary over here says an example of this is let's say the question of free will choice and a prior knowledge. Which each one is true. Each one is true. And it's for sure true. But if you put the two together, how could it be? If God knows everything, how do I have free will choice? Right? So in the so that is something that the Rambam, he's going, it's such a complex thing that there's going to be contradictions there. And these are contradictions that are beyond what we can really understand. As the famous Rambam in Mishnah Torah talks about the Hilfus Chuva. And he's really saying, well, your question really isn't a question. And it's just something, these are two ideas that exist side by side and they don't contradict. 
But in, I'll teach. He'll teach free will choice. He'll teach God's um, not a prior knowledge separately. He'll develop them very well, prove them very well, and just not make it that obvious that it's a contradiction. Because a lot of people make won't notice it, and he's trying to make them not notice that. Or other examples, such as um, the idea is uh, you have uh, Hashem is involved in certain things, makes things happen, yet people are, are doing it also. So it's Hashem's will and people are doing it. Or another example, person kills another person, has that person not fulfilled the shlichus of Hashem. So these are ideas that are just way beyond and uh, we leave them as contradictions uh, and there's uh, the need to conceal the real full depths of it because most people are just not going to understand what's going on. So I'm, I'm going to create because these are things that uh, it's, it's, it's contradictions from our point of view, but not from God's. So from the MS, it's not a contradiction, but from our limited perspective, it's a contradiction, so he's going to try to avoid them. So these are the seven. And which, then, are the, which are the two that are relevant? Five and seven. Five and seven. So let's just do the first one, which is uh, the first one, which is very interesting, and he explains its relevance. Amnam. However, Hastira Hanimza Bemishnas Ubrises. Ah, contradictions you find in Mishnas and Brises. Which category are they? He can feel That's the first reason. Rabbi Yudasi didn't always say names. Where it says the beginning is a contradicted from the Seifa. For the Achuva, and what's the answer? Reisha replied, the Reisha is like Rabbi so and so. The Seifa and the Send is Rabbi so and so. Kentim Shomer will say, Ra, Rabbi, Rabbi saw Dvarav Sharabi Ploni Bekach, Bekach. He saw Rabbi when he authored the Mishnah. He, he saw this Rabbi's opinion. He agreed with him this. Vesasan, like it was, and said it without a name, but that's the opinion he followed. But in the next halacha, he sees the other rabbi's opinion, and wrote it without a name as well. Ah, it's contradicting. No, he's quoting one rabbi and quoting another rabbi. Or they say, not saying a name. We know it's rabbi so and so. Who's this rabbi? Rabbi Ploni. There's more than that need to be said. So there's quite a lot of those. Now, let me see. Just let me be clear here. So, and that's, so this is from the first category. Uh, and let's go to the second one. So this is example of number one. That's the stira in Mishnah and Brises. From Namha stira achila vaninsa Talmud. But when you find contradictions in the Talmud, it's going to be Hulafiyasiba Rishona Vahashed. It's going to be the first as well. And also the second, because the second one is um, a change. So Tamir Amrim, a lot of times it says, In this way, Rebbe hold like so and so. In this way, he hold like so and so. The Yomer Gamgor says, He agrees with them at one point. But he argues on another point. Or it says, There are two Amoroim who are arguing what's the opinion of Rabbi Ploni. 
That's all the first reason. But the second reason, it says sometimes, Rabbi so-and-so retracted what he said before. Aye, it says in this mission that, no, he changed his mind. Rava retracted from that statement. And we have to investigate. We have to find which one of the two one is the one that is the real one. says, first version, Duravashi of Rasha Malakach Vikach. He said so and so. Umadrabasa, second version, he said Kach Vikach. So let's just um just develop this one last point, and you're gonna find a very interesting thing. So Rambam is now saying, okay, so Mishnayis, it's the first type of contradiction. Uh, bright Gamaris, okay, that you find could be the first or the second. And now one second. Where are we? Yeah. So here is the Rambam. It says a very important idea. He's saying there's only two ways to resolve these contradictions. Either it's different names or a rabbi retracted. Okay. So this is the Svardi Shita when it comes to contradictions in the Talmud. Okay. That, in other words, the Sephardi Shita holds a rabbi could change his mind. It's okay, he could change his mind. While the Balitosvas from the world of the Ashkenazi, they say there's no such thing as theories in the Talmud, generally, unless the Gemara specifically says it. In other words, the Ramah's going to say some of contradictions, the Gemara doesn't say he retracted, but he did retract. We'll see it, I mean, where this is going. But rather, they look at the Talmud as a, as a round ball without a beginning, without an end. And you cannot say that this sugya came before another sugya and he changed his mind. And if there's two types of uh, steros, the stira is coming because of different situations. So let's have an example of this. It's a classic example. It's very Nogela Maisa. It's a good way to end before Yom Kippur. Okay, a classic difference between the Chachmei Svara and the Chachmei Ashkenaz. Gemara Shabbos, Rabbi Huda says that the time of twilight between sunset and three stars is three quarters of a mil, 13 and a half minutes. That's what Rabbi Huda says in Shabbos. In Psachim, Rabbi Huda says the time of twilight is four mil, which is 72 minutes. That's a clear contradiction. Two different Masechas, same Rabbi Huda, two different statements. Is the time of twilight 13 and a half minutes or is it 72 minutes? So, in order to change, uh, fix up that, that and that, no, Gemara is talking about. Gemara is talking about. You're learning Gemara, you say, wait, he says over here. Now, pr- problem is, many of us, we learn Psachim and Dafyomi, then you learn Shabbos. It's probably a good three months between them. Oh, yeah. so you don't remember what we would have said before. <laughs> but for those who do, you say, wait a minute, it's a contradiction. So, Rabbeinu Tam, Who's from the Bali Tosas? 72 minutes. He says, there is really two shkias. Mm. It's called shkia, two sunsets. Meseches Psakim, Rabbi Huda is relating to what's called shkia Rishona. And Shabbos, he's relating to shkia Shnia, second shkia. What does that mean? The first shkia, according to Rabbi Tam, is relating to the shkia, the astronomical shkia where the sun sets. Mm-hmm. 
And the second shkia is three and a quarter meal after that shkia, which is 58 and a half minutes. And then for the last 30 and a half minutes, then the stars come out. So what he's saying is, or you saying, there's two shkias. So they're saying, well, so so when it says ben hashmosos is four mil or three quarters of a mil, it means, well, ben hashmosos from shkia one or ben hashmosos shkia two. So if you're talking from the first shkia or from the first sunset, then it's 72 minutes all the way till the stars come out. But if you're starting after the first shkia, which is 40, when I say 58 and a half minutes, and now after 50, that's when is the second shkia. In other words, you have the sun setting is shkiri shona. Kirin time, that's nothing. Sun setting is nothing. There's still lots of light. Still lots of light. After 58 and a half minutes, there's no ephemeral, and there's no light at all coming there. And then in another 13 and a half minutes, it's going to be dark and the stars are out. So therefore, what are we doing? We're not saying that he changed his mind, but we're saying what? There's two different things that he's talking about. And that is why those who follow Rabbein Tam and those that are Hasidim will say, you could have a mincha until 58 and a half minutes after Shkia. Because it's not yet Ben Hashmoshes. They're still light. <laughs> and Shabbos doesn't end until 72 minutes. Right. That's it. Okay, that is the one way. And that Rabbeinu Tam, who's the Balitosis, who's the Ashkenazim. That's pretty famous. But, but the Maram al-Shakar, who's Sephardi, right, says only one Shkia, but Rabbi Yehuda in the beginning thought that the time of Bein Hashmashas was 72 minutes, and then he retracted and held it's only 13 and a half minutes. And he proves this, because in Meseches Psachim, which comes before Meseches Shabbos, and in Meseches Psachim, he said 72 minutes, and in Meseches Psachim, there's a whole discussion between the Jewish Chachamim and the Goyish Chachamim if the world is flat or round. I don't want to get into, no. into the Kabbalistic understanding. I'm just taking the simple meaning. There's so many different meanings. But so the, the, the Goyim said it was round. We said it was flat. If it's going to be flat, and then they eventually conceded the point. So when Rabbi Huda first says it's going to take 72 minutes, that's if the world is flat. Mm-hmm. It's going to take 72 minutes. But if it's round, they retracted it and said 13 and a half minutes. So what do you see from this? So this is classic. So the Svartim would always take the approach of, if we could say he changed his mind, he changed his mind. Sechus Psachim came before Shabbos. The Valentos said, no, all of Shabbos is one kugel. When, when Ravina Rashi authored it, it was the whole thing put together. It can't be that they changed your mind. Unless the Gemara says he changed my mind. He didn't say he changed mind. We don't use that one. He said, no, it's got to mean that it depends what kind of shkia was going on. So that's a classic difference between Sephardim and the Ashkenazim. We have not yet, now, we're going to next week develop exactly the two areas that the Rambam does discuss contradictions, and then we'll get on with the same. So- so the Sephardic, they take the general order of the Gemara, the standard order, anything that's later takes precedence over what's earlier? Yeah, and they say they changed his mind. While the, the Ashkenazim are going to say... Unless it specifically says he changed his mind, it's uh, an add-on to his opinion. 
Yeah, you got to remember, unfortunately, the Ashkenazim got wiped out in the Crusades more than the Spartan. Way more. So we, we have very little of Ashkenazic thought as much as Sparty thought in the Rishonim. So that's why the Ramam carries a lot of weight. Okay, excellent. everybody. We will resume this study on Tuesday night.